That's different. That's just a bunch of white guys talking. <laughs> <laughs> apple, apple, apple. Oh, that damn Google. Facebook. <laughs> ah. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Acquired, the show about technology acquisitions and IPOs. I'm Ben Gilbert. I'm David Rosenthal. And we are your hosts. We're here today to talk about the acquisition of Recode by Vox Media. And in fact, broadcasting live from the Recode podcasting studio in the red chairs, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. We're here with one of the uh, the greatest people, actually probably the greatest person <laughs> that we could, we could imagine to help us tell this story. All right. Okay. The one and only Kara Swisher. Nice to meet you. This is not really the recodes. It's just a, st- a studio, <laughs> we all, just so you know. We're not fancy here at Vox Media. That's well, why I'm here. Listeners don't know that. Yeah. Okay. We're, uh, it's really impressive. We're in suits. We uh, had a really nice view of the Bay uh, of the Bay Bridge before in our other office, but it was too expensive. So here we are looking at the Trans Bay Terminal, which is buses. Beautiful in its yeah. own right. And this it's is what happens after beautiful. you get acquired. And then the sa- and then the, no no that was before <laughs> we had the night. When before we acquired, we started my the company in my uh, backyard. So. This is much nicer than anything else. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. All right, listeners, Kara needs no introduction, but I'll do one anyway because it was fun to put one together. Kara is the executive editor and co-founder of Recode. She is the illustrious host of the Recode Decode podcast. She's an absolute legend in the technology industry, previously founding the All Things Digital Conference and blog at the Wall Street Journal, which was a pioneer of legitimizing blogging and creating an actually good technology conference. Kara has been called one of the greatest interviewers of our time by Ezra Klein and once interviewed Bill Gates and Steve Jobs in their only ever combined interview, actually, in the chairs we're sitting in. I actually vividly remember where I was when I watched this for the first of many times. She's interviewed President Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, the mooch, and famously made Mark Zuckerberg sweat through his Facebook Illuminati hoodie on stage. She's an amazing storyteller and a renowned author, and we are so, so lucky to have her with us today. So, Gosh, thank that's you, nice. I think we'll stop now. <laughs> and, and it's a wrap. scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you won't get off that easy. All right, okay. All right, well, if you're new to the show, you can check out our Slack at Acquired.fm. It's the place where David, myself, and 1,600 of our favorite listeners discuss episodes right after we release them, along with real-time hot takes and some of the biggest tech news of the day. All right, well, David, this is the perfect time to talk about one of our favorite companies, Statsig. Yes. When we had VJ on ACQ2 earlier this year, they were already a pretty impressive kind of Series B stage startup with a killer team and early product market fit. But what's happened since and the scale that they're operating at now is pretty wild. This is where we get lucky in being very choosy with our sponsors. Sometimes these things happen to them while we're mid-flight. Yes. So I asked them for some fun stats. In the past month, Statsig shipped actual live product experiments to over 1.2 billion end users. Now, that stat is not deduplicated across apps, so there's some overlap. But I mean, even if you cut that in half to approximate actual flesh and blood human people out there, that's almost 10% of the world's population. Crazy. Okay, so that's one. Two. Statsig now processes about 130 billion events per day. So the infrastructure that Statsig now has to support these data volumes is pretty wild. And it's not like they just execute these events. They then take all the data from them, 
run huge statistical jobs across the whole corpus to compute the experiment results that their customers are running. It is just wild. It's funny, I hadn't thought to make this comparison until right now. So you said 1.7 million events a second. If you look at the visa numbers, I just pulled up my visa notes, Visa does 8,600 transactions per second. So that's, what, 200 times as much throughput at StatSig than at Visa? On the customer side, StatSig added arguably almost all of the most important AI companies in the world this year, including Microsoft, Atlassian, Anthropic, along, of course, with regular old companies like Notion and UiPath and Lattice and Brex and friends of the show Rec Room. The team also kept shipping super fast. At the start of the year, they had just one core product. Today, they're a full-fledged product understanding platform. They have dedicated feature flagging, warehouse native experimentation, and product analytics. Yep. So if your team wants the best platform in the world for making data-driven product decisions, you should reach out. Statsig.com slash acquired. And as always, there is special white glove onboarding for all acquired listeners. Our huge thanks to Statsig. All right. Well, can we dive in? Yes, please. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So, Kara, you have a super interesting personal story Mm -hmm. that we won't get into here today, but listeners, of course, should go listen to you on The Ezra Klein Show. Sure. Great interview where you talk all about that. Seriously, I think it was one of our carve-outs a while back. Yeah. Yep. It's um, a great, it was a great, Ezra was a great interview. It was great. The Cliff Notes version is out of school. You work in print journalism to start. You're a reporter in D.C., first at the Washington City Paper, then at the Washington Post. Brief mm-hmm. detour in TV in between. Mm-hmm. Again, go listen to the Ezra Klein Show. Um and, and and David's not just saying that like so we can save time or something. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite podcast episodes mm-hmm. I've listened to in the yeah, last year. Like, you should go listen to it. None of that sounds like tech blogging. No. Because you basically invent tech blogging <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. Um but well, you do meet do during that time period your partner, Walt Mossberg. Absolutely. How did you first meet Walt? And, um, and of course, he was well, also a DC Well, I was resident. writing a book because I was working for the Washington Post and I started covering AOL when it was tiny. It was a tiny little company, which I think I talked about in Ezra's show. And so he was an integral part of the early success of AOL. He had a very powerful column in a print column in the Pers- Wall Street Journal, and Personal Technology. Yep. And he wrote a very positive review of AOL. And so I interviewed him for it because he sort of got a lot of people to use it for the first time. Um, and he, he picked it over two very big efforts by Sears and um, IBM. Yeah, and CompuServe, CompuServe, Prodigy. Prodigy. Yep. Yes. And so he said, those suck and please use AOL. And this was a big, giant boost. This, the reason Steve Case owns half of Hawaii is, I think, of Walt Mossberg <laughs> today. Yeah, but did um, AOL invent the GIF? That's uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. In any case, he was he was the person who did it. And so he he got what was going on way before other people. And I had already been very much interested in uh, digital stuff. And so he I, he was just in my book. He was he's, he's beginning of a chapter of a book. So and then we, we just hit it off and both saw things the way print was going the same exact way. And so he then tried to convince the Wall Street Journal to hire you away from the Post. He did. Right? He did. He got me in my job at the Post and in the, at the Journal, and they didn't have anyone covering the Internet. There wasn't the Internet. It was Which is crazy. On. Well, no, it wasn't because it didn't exist. Like, you know, it just didn't exist. It's like covering a cryptocurrency a couple of years ago. There wasn't anyone covering that. But now this was, it was 97 when you joined the journal, um, right? Yeah, but it really wasn't. It was online services. You can't, you know, there was no Google. There was barely an Amazon. 
I think I joined in 96, actually, somewhere, somewhere in there. But it was, uh, it was barely, a, Netscape had, had gone public, but it wasn't very big. You had Microsoft, really, and that was more computing, and it was not internet computing. And mm-hmm. so very few people were using the internet. And Mark Andreessen was a teenager, I think, and creating um, uh, the Mosaic browser and, and at, at the University of Illinois. And so there wasn't, there, it wasn't that big. Uh, mm-hmm. People think it was, but it wasn't. But it was real small. And Yahoo, had, when I met them, they had just a few people working there. And Amazon, just a few people. So, no, it wasn't big. Hmm. Wow. So w- w- did the journal have a tech bureau already? Or did they you did. start? They were covering things like Intel, like the, the chips. They had chip coverage. They had Microsoft coverage, obviously, because that was software. They had um, Apple coverage, mostly downward, the downward Mm-hmm. facing Apple yeah. <laughs> essentially um, and they had you know they had stuff like that it was all about the, the the hardware essentially and also the chips and the innards and stuff like that it was very technical and so I was the first person hired in that bureau to cover the internet per se like what it was in online services and Yahoo and so there was no one covering these 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 people excite there was excite you don't yeah. remember that company no definitely um, so, John Doerr so, yeah John Doerr was in that one um, and uh, you know they just didn't have people they just didn't that was it I was hmm. it and people made fun of me as I've said many times well Carol what, what do you think it was about you that you know this is weird corner of society that's clearly not a thing yet but yeah. you're you're all in on it you're saying the internet yeah, is money yeah I, oh, I got it right away it's sort of like seeing a movie and going oh like you know I think I just saw it and I was very interested interested in it before when I was at the Washington Post I was very interested in we had these little uh, trash 80 computers that we used I used to write party stories about Washington for the style section and I used the trash 80 and we put the couplers on telephones it was crazy that we did this at like pay phones if you remember those and then I started liking the phones that we had we had a we had a portable phone that was in a suitcase and I was obsessed with it and I carried it around and nobody was interested in it and I kept saying this makes total sense why aren't we using this why doesn't everybody have it why do we have it it just started like making connections. And I think I just made connections on just this one thing. And the minute I saw it, when I saw the the browser and, and the World Wide Web, which you called it the World Wide Web, you have to spell it out all the time, you knew, you saw, oh, 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 just a minute. And so there was all this experimentation going on. Like there was AT&T had this thing called Interchange. Uh, there was CompuServe and Prodigy. There was all kinds of stuff. But I remember thinking this is going to be going to change everything. And I covered retail for the Washington Post. And you could see classifieds were going to get screwed. You could see... I remember being mad at deadlines at one point. I'm like, why do we have deadlines? That's stupid. People should get news anytime. And I, I don't. I met a lot of people that thought like I did, you know. So and there weren't that many, but Walt was one of them. And and so I just kept pursuing it. And even though people made fun of me, and until they started to be worth something in the '90s, in the in the mid to late '90s, and, and so, that was a boom. That was a, one of the first booms. <laughs> Yeah. The, the pre-crypto boom. No, it was a boom. It was several booms. Yeah. That was one of them. The, the 90, early 90s, in the late 90s, I'm sorry, not the early 90s, were um, a time when all these these companies started to be worth a lot. And there was like Mark Andreessen was on the cover. Oh, I think time. he was in his 20. Yep. The king, the the king of something. He was on a throne and he had hair at the time and was barefoot and like this guy's going to rule the universe. And so there was lots of attention to it. And then Bill Gates got very wealthy and that was a big deal. He, When I met him, he was wealthy, but not that wealthy. Hmm. Um, and Steve Jobs was making his comeback. So, so you mentioned deadlines. Mm-hmm. You and Walt together, I believe, went to the Wall Street Journal yeah. after you've been there for a while and you're yeah. like, we should do a blog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why, I was. I got. You... I got pregnant. I had a baby, and 
when I came back, I was just fat. I read a lot of blogs when I was away, and I, especially Andrew Sullivan had one. Um, there was a suck.com, if you recall, <laughs> suck.com. It was great. I forget what that guy's name is. Anyway, it was very funny. I saw some others like TechCrunch and others, and I thought, well, they, sh- they suck at journalism. Why can't we But they don't do have deadlines. Th- yeah, they don't have deadlines. Why can't we do this? this? We should do this. We should have an ongoing conversation. And we couldn't convince the management of the Wall Street Journal to do it. We couldn't. Was it, was it the edit side? Was it the they business were, side? They both. both. They were just ignorant. And we just kept saying this is like the way of the future. And they didn't agree with us. They were interested in a Saturday journal and things like that. But they did understand conferences, and they had a conference division that was just terrible and we said we'll do a conference the right way and so we you know it was a money-making thing from the start and Mm so it's a good way to get in and we started with the conference in the early 2000s and then we moved to the website i think in 2007 yeah yeah this was five years of the conference going on right the did you always intend the conference to be the way to bring management of the journal around? Yes, to, yes, one hundred percent. Like here's some money, here's some millions for you, <laughs> you know, in profits. And what reporter brings millions in profits in? And you know, they don't bring ten dollars in. If you bring, you know, more than a thousand dollars, and I can thrilled. confirm, I, I was actually a spreadsheet monkey yeah. at Dow Jones yeah. before I became a VC. It made a lot of money. It, yeah, like you guys made like. Millions, like, like millions, twenty percent yeah. of the yeah. journal's profit. Yeah, like. At some point, yeah, we were like twenty. We called ourselves Mister and Mister Twenty Percent, but they weren't making any money, so that's a low bar. Like <laughs> I it can was confirm a, that it was a low bar. We did call ourselves Mister and Mrs. Twenty Percent, but 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 the problem the journal made is they made a deal with us where we got a percentage of the profit, so they didn't make that much money. So, hmm. uh, which is good for me and good for Walt. And Walt has a nice TV set and everything. But um, were, were you an employee of the journal then? I or? was originally, and then I went became a contractor. I did. I didn't want to work for them anymore. And why is that? I don't like working for people. <laughs> like, I'm a bad employee. So I'm doing a thing for Forbes on this, being a bad employee. Like, I'm a bad employee. I hate bosses. I think they're stupid. I'm rude. I'm just not a good employee. And so I'm a pretty good employee. Well, Vox is great. They never bother me, and they're smart enough not to. But, like, they were making decisions about the Internet that I thought were stupid, and I knew more, and I just was I just was tired of banging against a, my hmm. head against a wall. And, and they... They just didn't want to do, they were not very into online stuff. They were later and they had some early stuff that Bill Gruskin did a lot of really cool stuff, but they didn't, they weren't interested in it. They just, they thought, they saw it as an adjunct. They saw it as something to beat. They thought it was going to go away. This was not uncommon at newspapers. Um, when I was at the Wa- Washington Post, they had, they when they started, they had a separate division in, in Virginia. They kept the online people over there. And I was like, this has to be fully integrated. And, you know, I just didn't, I didn't. I, I, I didn't want to be in management. That was the other part. That was sort of an anathema. So is that why, I'm curious, I was going to save this question until later, but um, you sort of become a, a half entrepreneur yes. with all things D. Totally entrepreneur. But it wasn't totally. until much later that, that you've fully become. No, but we were an entrepreneur. Yeah. We were from the beginning. We got to uh, do what we wanted to do. And the way we kept them at bay was we made money, right? So if you make money, they shut up. They like just bring us like the bottle. VCs. Just here's the bag of money. Leave us alone. Like that kind of stuff. And they kind of did. And Walt had a really big reputation then and was making a lot of money for them mm-hmm. in the print publication because his Thursdays, when his column appeared, that's where all the big ads were. That was the mm. big ad day for the Wall Street Journal, one of them. He was important for their business from a print perspective. They would do what he wanted, essentially, and and should have because he made them a lot of money. And so they indulged us in this thing. And by mm. the way, it made money. So why? And it also brought attention. And then it brought great attention because the first year we had Gates. We had jobs. Then we had Gates and Jobs. And then we had this person and that person and did these amazing interviews that got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And then we had Gates and Jobs. And so what would, what's to argue with? Except did, they did. <laughs> except they did. Did you, did you guys consider, though— 
doing it fully independently to start? Yes, or all do the you time. think the timing was wrong in the beginning? Or? We should have. We should have, but it wasn't, you know, we could have and we didn't. I, you know, Walt had a great franchise there. I think I, I was a contractor, so I didn't mind as much to be. A lot of reporters need to be at a big, they, they, that's their identity is being part of the blank. Mm. And I felt like it was the first time I realized you didn't need the giant mothership to be famous. Like you could do it on your own. And I'd seen others do it. There's a lot of people on the internet who became, you know, whatever you think of Mike Larrington, and I don't think much of him still to this day. Uh, he got a, he got a, or Andrew brand. Sullivan, great Andrew example. Sullivan, yeah. who seems to have gone a little crazy too, but they got their own thing based on their own work. And so one of the things I always say to people is if you do the work, Nobody can touch you. Like if you do good work, it has to be good work. It has to either make money or cause attention or something. It has to have some value, whatever that value happens to be. If you do the work, nobody can hurt you ever. Like I, a lot of people, they come to me with political issues at the company. I'm like, do the work. And they're like, yeah, what about this guy who doesn't like me? I'm like, do the work. Like trust me when I tell you if you do the work, aside from various issues of sexism and ageism and things like that, which do exist at every single company I've worked at, if you actually perform, you tend to get rewarded for it you tend to and again women are or at least you get licensed to yeah do yeah. whatever you want yeah, and you also you have to not care you have to also not care i didn't care to be in management i didn't care to climb the ladder i didn't care if they liked me um and so that helped that helped a great and, deal and you had the leverage that if you go do it on your own that's also going to be successful oh yeah they would hate that they would hate that we succeeded mm-hmm. without them but i don't you know okay and by the way i also the important thing which i hate to do this is such a trope of silicon valley i didn't care if we failed I didn't care. And I was older at this point. I was much older. So You were in your 30s already, right? 40s. Wow. Yeah. I'm old. You, you did uh, you know, profit sharing with them where yeah, we did. you guys took most of it. Did they ever try and renegotiate that? Well, they originally, you know, it was interesting. The first year we made, I forget it was, it was, good, it was a good sum of money. It was a million bucks or something like that. We made a lot of money. We didn't even try, but nobody was trying at all and we'd made money. And I remember calling Walt and I said, I think I said this on the other show. Did you get the flowers? Because I didn't get the flowers. Like, I'd send you fucking flowers if you made her money. And and the next year, we're like, you're giving us money. And so I think they gave us $40,000 extra. They thought that was like a big deal. And then they didn't want to like, give I'm us- I'm giving you millions. Yeah, like, like, I know. And we were like, oh, well, that's not very much. And so I think it was $40,000 sticks in my head. But And then the next year, they just didn't want, they were like mad about the $40,000. And we're like, well, give us part of the profits. Like, I don't know why they did it. Like, they Hmm. just did. And so they gave us a third of the profits, and it was a lot of money. And they hated it. They hated it, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't. It was like a three or four year contract. And I remember being in a cab, right? Oh, no. Like, it's. It's exactly Reporters what you have guys realize is that you don't need to be part of right. the X. No, to exactly. Yeah. No, they yeah. hated it. They, yeah. I remember one guy's like, "We never should have done that." Like that was <laughs> that was our error. And I'm like, "You were so greedy for this short term. You didn't understand." What it did is it unleashed the idea that reporters could go on their own, like mm-hmm. Jessica Lesson at the Information or mm-hmm. Kevin Delaney at Quartz. Yep, absolutely. Both great Wall Street Journal reporters, but they all of a sudden were like, "Kara made a break for the border. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to do it." And so that was the great part. Uh-huh. That was, so you started the trip. Yeah, Yes, I did. No, we did. We did. It was like you could. You could. It's worth calling out just how much talent you cultivated there, too. Yes, we did. I mean, when you, you're just naming a couple of names now, but you look oh, around she, the Oh, at of, the journal. At the journal. That yeah. was Kevin, and they weren't at all 
Things D, but we we tried to yeah. get Kevin to come to All Things D, but he wouldn't take the <laughs> uh, risk at the time. Huh. He didn't want to leave the journal. That was, but he then he did even to come into D, which was he nominally he part didn't. of the journal. He knows that oh, he knows he knows. We talked about it the other day. Um, but there was, I mean, everybody was there at that. time. Yeah, we were. You he, know, I he, mean, he, it was like you said, Jessica Lesson. She was with Jessica he at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, at the journal. Yes, that was at the journal, not at All Things D. We had great. We've had amazing. Like Mike Isaac is amazing. Nellie Bowles is amazing. They're all the times. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was there. Everybody. Yeah, there. we had a lot of people coming through. What was that? We were good at training people. Were you and Walt, like, were you out there identifying people? Were you recruiting? Yes. Like, yes, yeah, because people wanted to work for something exciting. You know what I mean? And we were doing, one of the things we also were doing, which other places weren't doing, is we were running exciting journalism. We were doing, like, personality, like Peter Kafka, and who's still at, uh, at, at Recode. We were doing, like, hey, this Comcast deal sucks, and here's why. Like, mm-hmm. that we had that kind of tone. That was and, a big part of why you wanted to do the blog. You wanted right. to have an opinion, and you didn't. You, you have no, this line in another. We wanted to have an informed opinion based on reporting. That is very different than mouthing off about something. We knew, right. like, I, when I write columns, yeah, I've done, uh, Dave, <laughs> I do checking. I, do, I called Mark Zuckerberg when I ask, when I'm about to say something terrible about Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, we spent a lot of time doing reporting, and so a lot of, we had a tone of voice that had, um, whether it was great features that we did uh, or like, look at this, or this is a mess over at Yahoo. We, we would have narratives, the whole mm-hmm. Yahoo things. And we'd have great graphics too. Um, John Pachkowski, who now works for BuzzFeed, uh, did amazing graphics. Raise the Yang Tannic, which was, you know, the Titanic for Yahoo. We would put a uh, we put a red. Um, Did you call sex... Jerry and tell him you were gonna? Oh, he laughed. He didn't care. Most people, some people cared, but we don't care about them. But we put a ball gag in Eric Schmidt's mouth when he kept saying stupid things. So every time he said stupid thing, we'd say Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt said a stupid thing again today and embarrassed Google. The ball gag goes up, and so we don't do that now. But it was great, and then. I had a little camera, a little flip cam that I would like shove in people's face. That was a precursor to a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we would, I'd stick in there. I'm like, hi, hi, how you doing? How you doing? Like to whoever I I was around. And And you posted on the site. I just would post them full on the sites. And I think people liked that. It was fun. It sort of, it was, we were trying everything different. One time I did a whole story that just said, um, Apple, Twitter, Apple, Twitter, Apple, Twitter, just to see how many likes we, not, not how many likes, how many, uh, is stupid, because how, how nobody cares about anything. And so we were, and then you would just, it would just be honest. And I think that's was, what was great about it. Like Peter Kafka is a perfect example of that. Great reporting, because he always got the scoops. That's right. We always got the scoops. That was critical. But at the same time, and we got the scoops whether we had access or not. Like, if they gave us access, great. If they didn't, fuck you. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing we feel. Like, don't give great. I'm good without you, your help. Yeah. I'm good with, with your help. Um, but we didn't, we, we didn't cultivate that accessy journalism. And yet we got a lot of access, which is, hmm. which I think having worked at the Wall Street Journal, it was all about access. Like, we're going to give it to you first as an exclusive. I kind of hated that. I like, I, I don't mind it, but I'm like, ugh, what am I leaving? What? Well, it comes with strings attached, right? It always does. And and you also, you mentioned this on the, the Ezra Klein podcast, but your strategy is already know everything that's going on yes. and then go talk to them. And yes. then they have to tell you. Yes, or they think you do. Like, yeah. there's, there's a whole thing. Off- <laughs> Okay, I always know everything that's going on, but sometimes I don't. No, I actually do these days. It's really kind of sad. I've forgotten things. Like, I literally have a list of tips people have told me that I've forgotten about. Like, there's a, I have a really good tip on Facebook that I literally am waiting for Kurt Wagner to get back from his honeymoon. Because I know no one will get it. Like, I'm just, just sitting there. But I would have, been, in the old days, just typed it right up and shoved it out there. But, you know, things have changed in that way. The, the, the stuff we pioneered, everybody else copied. or And we copied from other people, et cetera, et cetera. But everyone iterated on a little bit of our model. And, 
you know, BuzzFeed has a similar tone. Mm-hmm. Everybody's done a lot of the stuff we did. And now mm-hmm. Jessica's doing these long stories, which people are now iterating mm-hmm. on her innovations. Um, so so I think people have caught up to a lot of our tricks. Who, who reminds you today of the pioneering you back then that was breaking all the rules? Uh, you know, Jessica a little bit. Um, but she's doing a different thing. So, yeah. you know, she has this long stories. And I, 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 I you know... Some what Axios is doing, kind of, but I think it's I mm-hmm. think it's formulaic, and I think it'll get tired after right. a while. I think that one's going to exhaust you. Although mm-hmm. certain people, like I like Mike Allen, I like some of the newsletters. God, yeah. Casey Newton has a newsletter called The Interface that I loved yeah. recently. I thought he was. I just I, I've always like tried to bug him about access journalism, but this thing is great. It's totally insightful and useful. What I'm interested in is journalists who make products that people find useful and helpful to their lives, mm-hmm. you know, or funny or insightful and. Whatever format it takes, I don't care. Like, same thing with podcasts. We yeah. started this four or five years ago. I forget, it's four years ago well, now. Well, hold on. Right. We're going to come back okay, to podcasts. All right. Okay. <laughs> you're you're jumping the gun decided, here. We just, decided, we, just decided, we just decided to do things, and that's the yeah. environment I want to be in. Like, I just, yeah. now I'm going to do this. Like, too bad. Same thing with the New York Times. I'm going to do it. Like, did I think about that I work for a box? Sure, but I don't care. Like, I have a plan, like, mm-hmm. why I'm doing it that yeah, way. For, so. for folks that haven't checked it out, you had, uh, I think, a few amazing op-eds Yeah, I have one a week. Times. I have okay. one a week now. Yeah, there's about five now. Yeah. I'm going to have two this La- week. Last week was on uh, Trump mouthing off on... Yeah, on, that um, ludicrous... You know, about, about Twitter and Silicon Valley at, at large. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, very, it's very good. So it's Whatever. Just They're like unfair week. to him. They're unfair. <laughs> By the way, we're, well, we were going to ask you, but the mooch. Yeah, the that's mooch my was favorite great. interview. That was a great interview. That was so great. Well, here's a good example of that. So everyone's like, oh, you can't interview him. I'm like, why not? Sure, I can. So I, I, what I, what I had done, like, I think that's what I, like, like I'm having a big fight today on Twitter about Bannon. They're like, you can't interview him. I'm like, uh, yeah, I can. No, you can't. Well, I'm going to. So whatever. Like, I get your problems with him, but I'm going to still interview him. Um, but what's interesting? That's what people told us about you. What? You can't interview her. What? Can't. What? And we said we can. Yes, you can. Like whatever. She'll Fuck swear you. on your show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so is that that's clean By the way, that's why is, we like. Is, oh come on! You don't want to clear. Is there a clean IT? No one's listening on. You're Tim the, you're... Cook ain't listening. And by the way, <laughs> he did a great interview with me recently on MSNBC. Um, but um, what was I talking about? Oh, Mooch. Oh, so what happened was I trolled him on Twitter all the time. I just he just made me laugh. Like, but I also thought it was appalling in many ways. And so I just kept writing "Hey Scaramucci," and then I would make a joke about whatever he had stupid thing he had said. And uh, I forget, there were a lot of them. They went, they went on and on, like like hundreds of them. They were terrible for me to do. And then I was at this event that John Battelle had in Silicon Valley at a restaurant. Um, at this restaurant, there was a thing, and this, and I don't wear my glasses. I don't see very well. And this person was like coming over, and this tiny little man was like headed my way with a lot of hair. And I'm like, I don't, who is that? And he comes right in my face, and it's Scaramucci. And he's like, Oh, you! I know you. You're mean to me on the internet. I'm like, Oh my God, Scaramucci. And we ended up talking. All she's Italian. I'm Italian. It was great. We had a great bunch of drinks. We laughed, and I said, You got to come on my podcast. And he goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, absolutely not. And we did it at his office, his crazy office in New York. And it was fun. And I think he was surprised because I'm super liberal on Twitter, obviously, and anti-Trump. And he thought, why wouldn't she talk to me? Like, but of course I would. Why wouldn't I? He was really interesting. And actually, it was a good podcast. It was was great. I've been... Uh, Everyone has a story. It's my favorite interview you've ever done. Yeah, that's one of them. Because he, like, the narrative on him was... He's, he's the not, mooch. He's he's like caricature. He's he not a human. Like, but he is and he, he isn't. Is. But he's also a caricature. Well, yes. Yeah. But you can tell in your interview that like there is a method to his madness. There is. There he, is. But he's still the mooch. He's, he's still, still the, the mooch. mooch. Of course, you know. he's, he's the hey, mooch. Hey, you're in New York. Come to my club. I went to his club. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, 
Are you kidding? He has a giant steak. All right, I'll eat it. I'm a vegetarian, but I'll go for it. I did. I ate a steak. Did you break your rule for Sure. Why not? Oh, it was a good well, steak. Yeah. He's the mooch. All right. Let's pick this back up. All right. So D becomes very successful. Yeah. You're Mr. and Mrs. 20%. Yeah. You and Walt. We get to towards the end of 2013. Yeah. The Rupert. contract for D is up. Yeah, we had signed another one with Rupert Murdoch, much to my chagrin that I mm. did that. But when he bought the company, uh, so he, this was the he second. loved Walt Mossberg, I'll tell you that. And he didn't know my name for a long time. But he, uh, we signed a first contract with them. And then the things, just everything at Dow Jones. Sort w- was of, that another three years? You signed it in 2010? More. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right when they bought it, we did. Oh, that was 2007. So you signed. Yeah, a we long signed. Time. Yeah, we signed a couple Ooh, with seven them. Seven years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We did. We were there a long time. To, total Maybe aside, two contracts. Yeah. My, um, but we're go ahead. I, I was my my favorite story from my favorite Rupert story. I never actually met him when oh. I worked there, but uh, my desk on the eighth floor in, in twelve eleven mm-hmm. was well, I was hired. There was headcount allocated for my job. My boss had hired me, and um, Wendy Dang, his, Wendy. his then yeah. wife. I know. Her um, she wanted her personal assistant to take my desk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so your desk. And so was my taken. my boss had to go and fight yeah. with. News Corp Corporate and, and Wendy. To, no, no, no. Oh, I won. Wendy. Oh, I, I mean, I wasn't David. even there yet, but my Wendy's boss won. Wendy's a tough lady. Yeah. I, I like mean, Wendy. It was, uh, it, was, it was a victory. I, I was one time caught between the two of them at dinner, and I just Ooh. can't even go into it. <laughs> it's quite a night. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, All right. So when did you know that the You know, we tried, and then after that... Um, First of all, they didn't want to invest. We had an idea of to do all things finance, all things whatever. Mm-hmm. We had a great idea. And John Miller, who was the chief yeah. digital officer yep. at the time, loved Former it. Former AOL and then he left. president, it's like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I knew him super well from writing books on AOL. And uh, I liked him. I think he's super innovative. Uh, it's done very well since then. But he wanted to do all. He liked the idea, all things, this, all things. Like, we, we, you would have a conference. We thought about newsletters. Podcasts were not thought of at the time, but that certainly would have worked. Or events, mm-hmm. you know, finance, health. We we were going to, women, like, we could have, like, owned a lot of categories. And they just didn't want to invest. It was Every such a- section of the paper, you could have your you, own. Exactly. Source. And then you pick out reporters who are well-known. Like, mm-hmm. you make stars. They didn't want to make stars of reporters. I think that might, I don't know why. Maybe they just were busy hmm. with whatever they were busy with like sports phone rights hacking and scandals. phone hacking well exactly so that happened so we had a lot of pushback we got a lot of hostility from the journal people themselves because we often beat them um, and they didn't like that and we were we weren't that nice to them like like when they stole our stories we were like hey you you shoplifters they hated that like be collegial I'm like we're not your colleagues so no um, <laughs> here's and my so, contract yeah I, I, like I don't work for you like I don't have to be nice to you and so hmm. Um, they, they, it was, they just had an old school way of thinking that we didn't, and they, they were resentful. I think they were aware of how much money we made. I think they would say that wasn't an issue, but I'm sure it was. They didn't like us being famous also. And so it just was, it was just, they just wasn't ready for us, right? You know, today they're different. Um, or maybe they are. are I, don't they? Yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't read the Wall Street Journal. Well, so, um, in any case, case in point. exactly. Um, I do read the New York Times, which is why I'm there. And then the phone hacking thing happened, and we were like, "Oh God, these people! We're trying to pretend they're not satanic, and they are." All right. So, what's what's the phone hacking thing for the, our listeners? What happened was uh, the only good thing was Wendy swatting away the pie, you know, pretty much in that incident. But they hacked the phone of a dead girl. News Corp did News Corp Internet, and it was run by this in woman the Times of in London. the Times yep. of London, and and they and they did it. They did these terrible things that were just so unethical. And mm. Walt and I were like, "Oh God, this, can we hang out with these people anymore? They're not. They're giving." Mm-hmm. a hard time. They're not going to invest in us. We're too small to invest in, but if we want to get big, they won't give us the money to get big. It was just like, they aren't going to do what we want, and we're too small 
and too big at the same time. It mm-hmm. sounded, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so they just like, it wasn't going anywhere. And so we, we went around and interviewed a bunch of people. We wanted to not have venture capitalists. So we interviewed media companies and we had a list and we had, you know, A, B and C people we'd love to invest in us. And we talked to a lot of them, um, Bloomberg, her, everybody. What, what was your hang up with taking VC? I just didn't want to listen to a VC. Like yeah. eventually they'd screw me. Eventually they'd screw me, right? Like, like I know them. I covered them. I'm like, eventually they screw you. So no, thank you. And um, and so we wanted to be careful about. It. We wanted a media investors. We wanted media investors mm-hmm. who understood media, because we weren't going to make a ton of money. Like there just wasn't. You know, we did. We could yeah. do okay, but it wasn't a massively scalable right. business. And so we wanted someone who cared about it and who we could experiment with. And so we went with NBC because mm-hmm. we liked the television thing. And we went with Terry Semmel, who had worked for Yahoo, but yep. actually was originally a media investor. And he had a media company he, called Warner Windsor. Brothers, right? He did. And he had a he was retired and he had a venture not a venture firm, it was an investment firm that invested in media. So you guys raised twelve million dollars. Yes. January twenty fourteen, you launch Recode. All Things D. Yep. <laughs> Recode. Yeah. You you take all things. Well, the journal keeps all things D. They do. They wouldn't but, sell it. We tried to buy it from them, but Rupert wanted $30 million for it. They were wow. going to sell it to us. We offered them a million, which was insane at the time. Because you took every single employee yes, came with did. you to Rico. Yes, they did. And what would that have even gotten you? Did people, like, was there RSS feeds that people would Just as a name. We had a lot of, we had a lot of, yeah, we had everything. Like, it, was, it would have yeah. been nice to have it. Yes, we would have right. kept all things D and would have kept the brand name, but they never used it, is the thing. They did WSJD, whatever that yep. is. And yeah. so, uh, but they, they never used it. I was like, it's just pure peak that yeah. they did that. It was yeah. insane. That was a waste of their money. They could have had a million bucks from me, but and that was way too much to that pay. That would have been meaningful to their operating Yes, exactly. For the, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, it was so dumb. And he wanted $30 million. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I could buy fuckyourupert.com for that much money, right? <laughs> like, come on. Like, which would have been funny. And I don't know. It just was a, it was not a good parting. It was. And they were obnoxious to us on the way. They tried to say they fired us, which was crazy. But, you know, whatever. What, um, okay, so Who's we're curious. We got that dumb editor. Recode. Wait, yeah. Where did the name come from? Oh, and originally had, it was re slash code, and yes, then it's capital R, capital C. Capital, what what happened? Are we, are we all lowercase now? Is that the. Uh, no, it's just Recode. I don't know. Okay. Yes, it's the masthead is all lowercase. It's all lowercase. Dan Frommer came in and cleaned it up. But uh, I don't like the slash. I don't know why I just did. It was stupid. It was. Uh, you should never let me design anything. But um, but Recode are, came from. Are you from, Marissa Mayer, who's like uh, on the weekend no, designing no, the Yahoo logo? No, no, no. We hired a branding firm, and they came up with lots of names. And I just found the deck the other day. And this is what recode means, and this and that. And I, I did, we just liked it. The minute we saw it, we're like, oh yeah, that. There were a bunch of really crazy names. Like, oh god, I can't remember. Some of them were wacky. What was it? I, and I'll your, find the it. The parent company was Revere Digital. Yes, right? that was because we were. What was that for? That was, was that Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Uh, yeah, Paul Revere. Yeah, it was Walt. It was Walt was from that, from that area, uh, and it was. I forget. There was a. There's an obnoxious reason. It was originally called Shut Up and Listen, LLC. That was the original. I think it was called Shut Up and Listen. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that and was my like art. Even you couldn't go with that. No, we did. We went with it for a like, It was Shut Up and Listen for a long time, and I forget why we changed to Revere. It was something yeah. with Paul Revere. I, now it, I've forgotten. Is the Wall Street Journal like the Red Coats or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, we're, we're getting yeah, that, it. It was like something like go. that. Something like go. that. Yeah. I forget. We Everything we do is based on obnoxious tendencies. Um, and so we, we had a naming group, and they came up with that. And then the guy who owned Recode.com, it was a German guy who wouldn't give it to us. He wanted a lot of money. And so we went with, we decided to make net sexy. Um, and then. You and John Gruber, it, like the During Fireball, yeah, uh, the dot two. Net, dot yeah, net yeah. Holdouts. Like, what the hell? Who, nobody cares, but nobody, everyone's like, you can't do that. We're like, why? Who cares about this stuff? Nobody types. And nobody types, right? Yeah. Exactly. And hello, Google. Like, yeah. just put recode. And so then um, 
And then, then the guy, we, we're trying to get code.com, and it's owned by the Kind Bar guy. That guy. What? Yeah, I why? think so. Something he just had it. He just I don't know why. He has it. He this wanted is to like start, the rover.com story. Yeah, but, he has yeah. it. He I think he still does. But anyway, I ran him to a party. I'm like, give me your URL. And he's like, if you do a site, a conference about peace. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm not doing a conference about peace. You think he would have said <laughs> I know. I was like, have you met me? Like, yeah, I, we do actually, by without by choice. Um and he wanted I don't forget what he wanted to lend it to us. It just didn't work. Oh, he was very those. nice. He yeah. was very sweet. But I wasn't gonna be doing a peace conference and I did not want to rent his URL for any reason. Anyway, we didn't get that, and it was fine. It doesn't matter. Like it, it's a great yeah. name. It's yeah. a great it's name. A, it it's is a great name. name. It's a great name. So you said something and then it has back. a code conference and then recode decode. It works perfectly. It's fine. So you said something a while back that I want to pick back up on. You said you you and Walt knew like this was you'd make money. You were already making money, but you knew this wasn't going to be like uh, VC scale no. business. No. However, at the pretty much the same time you start recode, all of these new media yes. sites get started. Ridiculous. There's of course Vox, which you know we're sitting in Vox headquarters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which has a fun story to itself, but there's BuzzFeed, there's you know all Mashable, these companies. They're raising tons Vice. of money. VCs are jumping in. Yes, all the content companies. What, Mike. what were you thinking when you saw this? Oh, like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. Like, because I've seen it before. Yeah. Like, I, and it always ends in tears. You know what I mean? And not good tears. Um, so I was like, oh, damn. And they were like a, a business insider. They yep. raised yep. a bunch mm-hmm. of money. Then they started getting my, they tried to poach my employees for ridiculous salaries i was you like money. you know and one point when i was trying to hire someone they were, i was offering them a lot what i thought was a lot of money and then they wanted a lot more and i'm like i didn't even want to pay the first one i'm not <laughs> going to pay you the second one i really don't want to pay you. in fact i'm not paying you the first one anymore and so it was that was that you saw that happening and these and then um that that one univision one what are they those guys kevin roos went there a whole bunch of oh. alex madrigal alex's madrigal went there fusion fusion yeah. They came in and offered like, here's three million dollars reports. It was craziness. It was craziness, hmm. and it, it was. I just saw. And again, oh. I mean, the money maker for D and it's the event. It's the events, right? Yeah. Now it's the podcasts you know, make a lot of money. Yeah. The, it's the old Jeff Zucker quote. You know, for all of Jeff, like he was right. Digital like digital dollars cars. turn into you know, or analog dollars dimes D- turn digital into digital dimes. Now he thinks it's a quarter or more. It's actually doing Whatever. okay for some like, people. Um, know, it was they, once a good. It was. It's doing it great was for just Facebook. like, come on, this isn't going to work. Like I'm not an idiot, and yeah. so I was sort of. And then we would have had to turn to VC money, and I just was like, I can't fundraise. I can't do my journalism. Like I can't mm-hmm. like do the things that make us great. And so I thought we got to sell. Like I, I immediately, I was like pushing hard, pushing Walt hard. I and think and how like, how far into the business was this? Uh, six months. Huh. I was oh. like, no, no, no. This could go very wrong for us with the money we have. And so, uh, you know, if there wasn't that fundraising, we probably would have stayed independent. But that was it was crazy. Money. It was the money was being thrown around and it wasn't going to stop and it could really hurt us. And so I think one of the great things I did learn from tech people was that you move like you move mm-hmm. and you don't like stand on ceremony. You don't go, oh, this will mm-hmm. work. And you, you just panic. By move, you mean you know, make this. You don't just yeah, stand you there just, and say, no, oh, only the paralyzed. paranoid survive. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute. And I had seen this story before. And so I was worried. And I also didn't think it had any economic underpinnings. And so it was just it was a race to the bottom as far as, you know, but there were but in a bigger scale, even if it's hard, you have to be bigger. That I just mm-hmm. I, I felt that. And so I looked around and talked to a bunch of people who were like us. Um, there were several. Um, and did you talk with any of those that had raised crazy money to sort of combine with them? One of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were offers all the time. It was crazy, like reporters deal making. Like it's that's that you know you gotta get <laughs> off the train if that's happening. Kara, I got a deal for you. I'm like, no, you don't. And I'm pretty good at deals, but I'm not that good. And you're really bad. And so, um, you know, really, sir, think of, you know what I'm saying. Like, I mean, no. we're VCs, so like, no, thank you. Like, even VCs are stupid, right? Like, I'm not gonna have a reporter make a deal with me. So Jim Bankoff had talked to me about using their ad system, and I'd known Jim forever because he, he was, was at AOL. AOL. And is, is this, I loved uh, him. Chorus? Cor- I forget which. Yeah, it was Chorus. I guess it was Chorus. No, it was Chorus is their content management system. Yeah. They had an ad system too. In any case, concert. he wanted he wanted concert. He wanted it wasn't called that then, but he wanted us to uh, be part of their ad group. Like they, they sell our ad. One of those deals. And I was like, well, why don't we just merge? How about that? And you don't have anything fancy. Like we're fancy. We're another revenue stream. Uh, we got ideas. We're well known. It it, brand, it adds. We're huh. like your other brands. We're like Vox. We're like uh, Eater. We're like we're we're in the same zone. Um, and Especially so, the Verge, but not. But but you guys have a very different. Uh, like the Verge different, is like different, you know, right? It's but what? Well, but it's like Walt went over there. We right, moved. Exactly. Walt, that's what I think of moved, the Verge is like we Walt's moved part him. Of, like we weren't yeah. dumb about it. We were like that's and the consumer stuff really wasn't working on Recode. Walt's consumer stuff. It wasn't. We were a tech news site, and it adding the consumer stuff just didn't like we yeah. couldn't attract it just wasn't right from a from a journalism point of view for the product and so we were doing all this scoop breaking news business stuff and then we had Walt there and so he was better to give him a bigger audience the verge made more sense and by the way we do it we do anything again if it makes more sense like we're not stupid like we, like if things change we change nothing is sacred yeah. nothing nothing absolutely nothing and so and, and so Jim wanted to do some kind of commercial deal where yeah. he said let us take this ad sales yeah, off yeah, your yeah. hands we That's got this great technology platform yeah. and you're like nah it's combined what about this? So yeah. he, and he thought of it too. Like he thought he understood how famous Walt and I were, yeah. and how it did add to his. It adds to it. It adds mm-hmm. to advertiser interest. It adds to buzz. It adds to all kinds of things. And he's a pretty conservative media mogul. Like you know, if you can compare him to Shane Smith or even um, uh, the guys over at uh, BuzzFeed. And, he, and who's Shane Smith? Shane Smith runs Vice. Got it. Runs Vice. Uh, who now is not running Vice because. They have some issues because of Shane Smith, (laughs) et cetera. Um, And so uh, Nancy Dubuque runs it. They get the lady to come in and clean it up. So anyway, so they it was a good match. It was a good match. We've been thrilled. It's been four years almost now. So it was May, May. We announced it at Code. Yeah, we announced it a year later. May May 2015, you announced you're you're selling Mm device. I'd, Wait, I so was, the deal was done and you announced it a year later? Yeah. Wow. I know. Oh, wow. How'd you yeah, keep was, that under your hat? I just did. No, no, no. We didn't We didn't come to the conclusion I until see. close to the deal. Uh, so you spent a year sort of figuring it out. Because it was 18 yeah, months. Yeah, we were running it for a year. It was 18 Before you months. sold, but but it really was six months when you started. Yes, absolutely. That, it was pretty soon. It was pretty soon. And, you know, it was. I thought about the employees. I'm like, oh, I promised them this. Now I'm doing this. And, you know, I don't. It's fine. Like, and, and you know every, what I mean? Like, all of them will do well. Right, and every... You know what? They'll all do well. They'll yeah, all do well. Yeah. And so they understood that this was an entrepreneurial effort. And again, I don't see, there's nothing wrong with saying, ah, we're going to change our tune. Like, there's nothing wrong. I think, you know, journalists are super risk averse and they're very uh, rigid, and I'm not. So I will literally hmm. change at any moment. When, I, I was going to save this for our tech team section, hmm. but I, but I want to bring it up now. Facebook. Yeah. That was... I think if, if if I had to rewind back to that time and justify all the VC money mm-hmm. going into the space, it's that social distribution is eliminating the traditional media gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. You can build new, you know, timing for the digital age on the yeah. back of social distribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New media was was in every article. Yeah. Right. What is new media? What is new media? Yeah. But the way that's kind of played out is yeah. it's great for Facebook. It's great for Facebook. Not great for it's great for racists and 
anti-Semites. It's great for people, Russians, the Russians it worked out well for, um, but not so much for the rest of us. No, they didn't ha come up with a business plan of how to do I'm not saying there isn't one. I just, they haven't come up with it in a way that I think anyone feels happy uh, about. And they tried everything. We'll like get to podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> well, at one point, I remember that when they started Facebook, I had all these issues with Facebook Live, including the fact that I thought people would murder each other on it. I was like, mm, this seems like a perfect way to kill someone and then show it or, or do suicide or something like that. And I expressed my reservations to them about that issue. Like, wow, you don't have control of the rest of your platform. Now you're going to unleash a video platform. All right. You incredibly irresponsible people. Go right ahead. Um, but they, I remember them saying, you should do Facebook Lives. Remember that? That all the journalists were doing yeah, Facebook yeah. Oh, Live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I go, and it was like from the top. They were like, Kara, you should know Cheryl or whatever. You should do Facebook or Chris Cox or whoever. And I was like, I'm not doing your Facebook Lives. And they're like, why? I'm like, where do I? where's my money? Where's my sack of money? Because I, it's a waste of my time. You'll get more users. I'm like, I don't need it. I have 700,000. Like, what, they're not making me money. Like, Those was, also aren't your users. They're Right. Facebook they're your users. users. Yeah. And where's my money? Like, yeah. I kept saying, where's where's the where's the benefit <laughs> for Kara Swisher? It's like, a, it's like a head fake, right? Because yeah. You'll get more famous. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I am yeah. famous. Well, like, well, but, the, but really what was going on was yeah, your 700,000 users, users all the, for all these new media platforms, all just coming from Facebook. Exactly. Uh, Chorus, I just never saw – I literally never saw – I was like, I'm not wasting. I'd rather watch Law & Order because that would give me pleasure. And But doing – talking to people that put little – like Wait. sometimes I'll do it to so, get people to read an article, but it doesn't help. What's the 700,000? Is that it's, Twitter followers? I don't followers, even know fans. No, Twitter is 1.3. It ah. actually dipped when they did their cleaning, their color. Right. And now it's back up. The huh. purge. When they did the purge, right. and now it's yeah. up again to 1.3 or so. Something yeah. like that. I'd have to look. But again, it's like Twitter it's selling ad dollars, yeah. selling ad units against yeah. your 1.3 million followers. Yeah, I guess. So, I'm sure half of them are bots. I so, think I'm guessing half of them are bots. I was just there early. That's all. I was a recommended user. You didn't buy them? I didn't buy any of them. I was an early user. Uh, and I was on the early recommended list, and I think yeah. I, I just was put on everybody's thing. I don't right. think half the people know who the hell I am. All right. So, so uh, speaking of audience size, so uh, when you got bought by Fox Media, mm -hmm. uh, what were your what did your audience look like on on Recode? How how big it was? Yeah, small, small, couple million. Has it grown since the acquisition? Uh, well, you know, we're not as focused on the website. I'm not. Again, mm. we haven't been as focused. We have been focused on the website, but we don't see it as just the website or the podcast or the event. It's right. all mm. a group of things. Right. They all feed on some each kind of other. flywheel or something. It's that's the way you think about it. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like all journalism is how we look at it. Whether we break news on our on our podcast, because we broke plenty of news on the Mark Zuckerberg podcast. Yep. Like hello, that like drove mm -hmm. a news cycle for two or three days. Um, so, is that Recode? Is that the Recode right. podcast? I don't care. Again, the same thing. And then. You know, then we had Cheryl on stage a code, and then we had it just we don't think of it like that. Mm -hmm. We don't think of it like that. And then the code interviews become news. Then they become podcasts. Right. All our code interviews become podcasts. Yeah. And then we break them up into pieces, and, and then we make news stories. And you sort of released one every like three or four episodes. Yes. It yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We did. Like, why not? It's all content, and mm -hmm. I it's, and however people want to consume it is really how I look at it. I think we definitely are rethinking what is the traditional web news site because mm -hmm. it's changed mm -hmm. really. I mean, like Bloomberg is doing everything in the world. They Hoover up every piece of information, mm -hmm. and vomit mm -hmm. it out. Like so, you know, they do right. They have a lot of people and a lot of money to do that because they make all those money from the machines and so. You have to think really hard is what is your value in each product you're making. Like mm -hmm. I'm super interested in newsletters recently. I don't know why because I think Casey's is so good. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking a lot about it. Like that's an interesting. You know, there's it's, tons it's 2018 of, we're talking about email newsletters. I know, like, but you know what? They're blowing. good. They're but great. they're good. Yeah, well, but, you know, but I still think some of them are just terrible. Yeah, I start my day with yeah. Primac. Yeah. Right. Except you don't do all of them. So what yeah, is it right. about his that's great? What yeah. is it about like – 
I'm if interested. If you had one, I would read yours. Would you, yeah, I, th- I would have a different. I have a different idea. I have a new thing I'm cooking up that I think would be interesting. And I'm not saying that flattery. Like I, Thank you. I, I want your tone, like yes. in my head every morning. Yeah, but it's going to be in a different way. I'm going to. Yeah. I have a different. I think newsletters are great, but they're they're heavy. Like I, yeah. I find yeah. they pile up. Yep. And so I'm yep. I'm like I still like them. They pile up. They're like Sunday newspapers. How can I get this in a way that's there's mm. a way to do mm. it that's different. You want to break news on the show? No, I don't. I just I'm still thinking about it. I'm thinking hard about it because I'm reading a lot of them and I'm like. This is just the way when I started listening to podcasts, I was yeah. like, all right, this is what I think is good, yeah. what I think is bad. And so when we started the podcast, it was the same thing. Everyone was like, you can't do an hour. I'm like, and it was yeah. two months after the acquisition, you started mm-hmm. the podcast. Yeah, because right. nobody was paying attention. Did you know how big it was going to get? No. No, yes, yes, yes. Because I knew we were, because our bet is that people are smart. Pe- smart people like smart interviews. Yeah. People like substantive things. It had become a twitchy twitchy little universe of content, right? And so everyone's getting little pieces of information that made no sense. And I thought conversations mattered. I always thought think conversations matter. It's what we do at Code, but only a certain amount of people get to hear it, even though we put them in podcasts. At Code, we have the big swinging, you know, dicks essentially, right? You know, that's what we have. And most of them are dicks. Um, but that's, the, the, that's pretty much people the, have to that's pay the, the money there, to there make the revenue. There is the formula yeah. for Code. And then when you go down, when you go down the stack a little bit, there's all these fascinating people, uh, you know, who mm-hmm. should get attention. We didn't have a lot of VCs at Code, for example. I just we just didn't. And Andrew, Andrew Mason may have been my favorite oh, episode of Free Code one. Decode. That was, was a great one. So blunt, honest, right. amazing. Exactly. And so people feel more comfortable in that setting. But uh. I could get to people like Chamath. Like he, like we wouldn't have put Chamath on the Code stage, but boy, is he great in a podcast. Or April Underwood. Like you don't know who she is, but she's critically important. Mm-hmm. Or like I had today Nicole Wong who ran big legal teams at Google and Twitter and was very central to Mm. a lot of their early decisions talking about what's happening now. Like who, I wouldn't put Nicole, you know, like I know who she is and now you will know who she is. And so Mm. I think what's, what's interesting is that you can do all kinds of different things with the medium. And that's what I liked about it. But my premise was that you could do an hour and everyone Mm. says you can't. And I was like, Yes, I can. No, you can't. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it, and I'm not going to listen. What was great about Vox is there was nobody here to say we couldn't. Like, they just didn't. They're like, okay, try it. Like, it didn't cost them anything. And I think what's cool is everybody's realized you can do an hour and a half. Oh, you can do more. If they're good. We did 90 minutes with Mark. Everybody listened to that 100%. Why not? It was good. Like, that's the only thing is it just has to be good. That is, again, do the work. Mm -hmm. If you do the work, whatever format, there's no, everyone tries to make all these. Hard and fast rules of, oh, this is going to work. That's going to, I don't, that's just bullshit. You know that. Like, right? If it's good, if, if a product is, I have like a criteria. It has to be useful, entertaining, and kind of a ha- must have, like a must have. Mm. And if it makes money, fantastic. If it hits even one of these things, it's great. So, you know, I think about the podcast. It's useful. It's entertaining. It makes money. And you kind of can't get an interview with Mark Zuckerberg except Kara Swisher's interview. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how many people interview him. I did the best one. And so you can't get it anywhere else. So that's a perfect product as far as I'm concerned. You know, the conference. When you can't get people who guest on podcasts talking like they do on podcasts right, in exactly. any other format. Yeah, but it's also I can get them talking like that. So it's just like, <laughs> so I, I'm so that's the whole thing. It's like Mark Maron is only Mark Maron doing it. You, you cannot m- replicate it. You can't, mm-hmm. it cannot be. If anything that can be replicated, you really have to not do, like that kind mm. of thing. And so Mike Allen can't be replicated. Um, uh, lots of lots of things can't be replicated. Uh, to, to Snapchat's chagrin, a lot of their things can be replicated and quite well by Kevin Systrom and Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
that's a problem. Like, as delightful as I think Snapchat is, and my kids love it, it's, it's replicable. And that's a problem. You have to create moats around yourself in some way. Mm-hmm. We want to thank our longtime friend of the show, Vanta, the leading trust management platform. Vanta, of course, automates your security reviews and compliance efforts. So frameworks like SOC 2, ISO 27001, GDPR, and HIPAA compliance and monitoring. Vanta takes care of these otherwise incredibly time and resource draining efforts for your organization and makes them fast and simple. Yep, Vanta is the perfect example of the quote that we talk about all the time here on Acquired. Jeff Bezos, his idea that a company should only focus on what actually makes your beer taste better, i.e. spend your time and resources only on what's actually going to move the needle for your product and your customers and outsource everything else that doesn't. Every company needs compliance and trust with their vendors and customers. It plays a major role in enabling revenue because customers and partners demand it, but yet it adds zero flavor to your actual product. Vanta takes care of all of it for you. No more spreadsheets, no fragmented tools, no manual reviews to cobble together your security and compliance requirements. It is one single software pane of glass that connects to all of your services via APIs and eliminates countless hours of work for your organization. There are now AI capabilities to make this even more powerful, and they even integrate with over 300 external tools. Plus, they let customers build private integrations with their internal systems. And perhaps most importantly, your security reviews are now real-time instead of static, so you can monitor and share with your customers and partners to give them added confidence. So whether you're a startup or a large enterprise and your company is ready to automate compliance and streamline security reviews like Vanta's 7,000 customers around the globe and go back to making your beer taste better, head on over to vanta.com acquired and just tell them that Ben and David sent you. And thanks to friend of the show, Christina, Vanta's CEO, all acquired listeners get $1,000 of free credit. Vanta.com slash acquired. With podcasts and the future of Recode, mm-hmm. how important is it to the strategy? How much are you saying, like, actually, this is kind of the way forward or not paying attention to we the, are the, the website as much? I think, well, I'm not writing for the website right now. I don't think it's not important, by the way. We yeah. have great journalists doing Absolutely. an amazing job. Um, I'm not that interested in that format right now. That's yeah. all. That's just me, Kara Swisher. It's not, we have a great editor, Dan Fromer, and we've got a great staff and things like that. And they're figuring out what they think is the way to go. And they're trying different things. Recently, they've been doing a lot of really substantive big articles. Um, we're doing less scoops, I think, but that should be the decision of whoever the yeah. editor is, not me. I have ideas of the way you would do a news website. I just am not interested. It's like I, I hmm. painted over here in paint, and now I'm interested in photography, and mm-hmm. now I, like that's yeah. how I look at it. And so whoever's making the website, the Rico website, it has to integrate into everything else mm-hmm. we're doing, like our events and the podcast, but it's part of the same branding idea. Like You have to think of that. And so the reason I'm interested in podcasts is I li- and Peter Kafka has one and we're starting another one coming is because we're interested in it creatively. Ultimately, it's creatively interesting to mm-hmm. us. And so therefore, we create work that I think is laudable. If it wasn't, we'd stop doing it. Um, and it also makes a lot of money. Like that's a gr- that's yeah, and it and makes and a lot of money. money you, you keep that Facebook doesn't. Exactly. Monetize. It's our money and we make it fair and square. Yep. Pretty much. Well, you know, that's how we, it's a fair and square pretty much business as far as I can tell. And it has all kinds of interesting applications. We, we're, think, we're doing a bunch of live podcasts. We're doing a bunch of all, all kinds. There's all kinds of things you can do off of it that are really interesting. We also give the opportunity for the Recode reporters to do podcasts. Like Kurt Wagner did a bunch for Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanna mm-hmm. uh, Bouillon is doing one. Uh, she's doing the, who is she doing? The, the guy, the auto guy, Lawrence Burns. Um, you know, they get the opportunity to learn how to be better interviewers mm. and stuff like that. So we, it gives us gives that opportunity. Jason Del Rey is doing this. I can't say what it is, but he's doing a, 
a, a multi-part series, which will be a short version. It won't be a show. Everyone wants, like, I want a show. Like, why do you want a show? Why don't you do four episodes mm-hmm. like they do, are doing on mm-hmm. Netflix with certain mm-hmm. shows? So mm-hmm. he's doing one that's really going to be great. He's doing two of them that are going to be great, two audio things that are just, they're going to be what they are. And we're going to, we have a sponsor for them. And that'll be great. And so it gives it gives them an opportunity to be cre- the reporters of Rico to be creative. Why do also. they monetize so much better? I just do right now. They might not later. They, yeah. I think because people really listen to them and they yep. like them and they download them. You could, they're very um, quantifiable, I think. People can measure them. Um, uh, people talk about them. You can see they get a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think the idea that, that the audience d- thinks really hard about where they're getting their content is kind of an old school thing. Like if it's not on the website, it's like, well, so what if it's in, in podcast form? Right. So what if it's on the event side? So what if it's in a story? In the print journal. <laughs> what if it's a tweet? Yeah. Like I tweet a lot. Like I tweet a lot of stories kind of stuff. And unbelievably in this world, it's the place where you have a direct relationship with That's, that person which I instead love. of this, you know, Yeah, and you remember I, we got we famously got rid of comments 6 5 years ago. Right. Everyone was yeah. like, "How how can you do that?" I'm like, "I hate them." Yeah. Like they're I don't my have My website is my voice. Like get That's, off it. Well, it was yeah. interesting cuz we when we took them off, first of all, I was like, "You have to have comments." I'm like, "Do we?" You know, and, and of course you do. I'm like, "Why?" Like they I, they take they they're vile. They don't add to the the, the the benefit they don't help the website in fact all we do is try to like knock things off I'm wasting time my copy editors taking off you know you faggot like I don't need it like you know what do you like right. awful what do, what do I need these awful anonymous people saying terrible things on a website that I run and so we took it off and I remember there was one guy who was just just terrible vile homophobic anti-semitic race everything like this guy was the whole package and he, uh, you know, he was, he wrote me a note, an email. They somehow find my email and they're like, how dare you end comments? I should, it's a first amendment. I have a right to say whatever I want. You know, that stupid trope. And right. I was like, you know, get your own fucking website. It's yeah. my website. Get out of my <laughs> bar. Get out of my bar. Well, get out of my bar. Guess what? I'm not giving you a beer. Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, you're an awful, vile human being. And so it was really interesting. And I said, Twitter was our comment section, really. Yeah. Um, and so it, that's where I engage mm-hmm. with people a lot. I've recently not done Instagram as much because I don't want well, to. Well, I'm so glad we ended Good. on podcasting this. Podcast. For, How are you we- liking podcasting, boys? What do you think? It's fun. Uh, it's it not not only is it like tremendously fun. I I never thought it enables people who aren't in media and aren't. Yeah. I mean, we're not, yeah. journalists, we're not journalists. So and what? We have you have things to, to say, yeah. right? You're smart, yeah. interesting people. Like, why not? You don't know us. I, I'm just saying. You seem so far. You haven't said anything too stupid. <laughs> you know. You. No, you haven't said anything stupid so far. That might be the best comment I know. we've <laughs> ever gotten. Yeah, put that on the website. You don't seem too stupid. Um, no, but I mean, it, it's creative. Like, you yeah. know, no matter who yeah. you are, and I think again, conversation is really important, and people like to hear. People love great conversation. The other thing is, Dave and I do uh, the podcast for a variety of reasons, and even though we have a wonderful sponsor in Silicon Valley Bank, zero of it is to make any money on the show. Right. And the number one th- reason that we do it is because it allows us a creative journey in self-directed education. Yeah. We get to learn stuff right. that we otherwise would never learn about. And it's awesome to get to share it with people. But, like, it lets us quench this thirst of, of you know. Why not? You know, we're not in school. We're not going to classes. Okay. We get yeah. to learn Meet stuff. people you want to meet. Yeah. I often, like, oh, I don't have your own party. I was just, I just did a, I did an event where I interviewed Sean Hayes. Do you know the guy who was on Will and Grace? He's so great. Yeah, He's yeah. amazing. But he's also a very important producer in Hollywood. Hmm. People don't realize he has tons of shows. And, uh, he was like, I love your podcast. I said, come on it. And I was, and he's like, okay. And so I'm going, we're going to do that, by the way, Sean Hayes. Um, but I want to <laughs> talk about the entertainment business. He's doing all kinds of digital stuff. And uh, he's a producer. And so it was just like, I want to talk to Sean Hayes. And that yeah. would be wonderful on lots of levels to talk to him on lots of things. And so that it gives you that opportunity to meet people and, and, 
have people surprise you with thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my favorite part. Like today, the Nicole Wong one was really good. She had some thoughts that I, she said things and I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And I love mm-hmm. that. I love, that's my favorite part is learning from p- other people. Well, that's the, yeah. in a lot of ways, I think podcasts, we're, we're totally like doing tech themes now instead of later, but that's fine. We always do that. I think podcasts are, have really removed gatekeepers. From, yes. I mean, like, we're, we're two guys. Like, we're, we're not journalists, yeah. you know. Yeah. Tim Ferriss isn't a journalist. Yeah. Like, you he know, does a great podcast. He does he a great does. podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, all of the top, with the exception of really Vox podcasts, which yeah. we'll get into in a sec, it's indies. You yeah, know, it is. It is in this. a lot of ways. It and it's, it'll be consolidated. Look, it's going to be consolidated. You get yeah. that. Like, you get that. One of the things, though, I wouldn't take out print all the time. That's why I did the Times thing. Yeah. Like, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I think print is important. I think not just print, mm-hmm. but the, a, a, a the global brand, yep. yeah. the written word and a global brand. And I felt like one of the things that I thought was happening and a thing that I kept banging on for the past year was the irresponsibility of the tech sector and how they had misused their platforms and mismanaged them. And I've been talking about this for mm-hmm. a long time. And so it was fine to do it at Recode because, but it's like the, it's the house or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the local mm-hmm. newspaper. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get on a global scale and yeah. start whacking at these people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're going to pay attention because yeah. I want them to do something about it. Unfortunately, there's still a global brand to be able to do that. Exactly. And yep. but I but I, I don't discount it because I've gotten a whole new bunch of people now paying attention to the messages that I think are important. And that's why it's important to think holistically about it. It's not just podcasts, it's not yep. just website, like Rico website. Events, it's just... not just events. It's it's not just speeches. It's all it's all of them together that gives you these tools that you can reach people in different mm-hmm. ways, and they each require a different skill. Mm-hmm. All right, you talk about consolidation. Mm-hmm. I'm curious more on why why you're sure that it's going to um, going to consolidate when right now we're sort of in this era of of indies thriving. Because it always consolidates everything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you know this. I have two uh, tattoos. Yeah, my many tattoos on my hands. So it's syntropy and entropy, and I could go into like all the ridiculous things about it, but it's essentially everything dissipates, everything huh. organizes, right? So they're they're two opposite. They they exist bundling with and each unbundling, right? right exactly. And to... so everything moves towards organization. Everything yeah. moves towards consolidation, and then it moves towards destruction, like in the same right. way. And so I think huh. that that that's it's sort of a cycle hmm. you see that that will happen. And I think podcasts everyone. Everyone's like, wait a minute, this makes money. And then everyone's right. going to pile in. Many with we shitty We federate products. these in a bunch of... You know. I know. Well, federated media. Remember that? That was John <laughs> Patel. Um, yeah. So that didn't work out so no. well. Uh, the search was a good book, though. It was a good idea. Um, but, you know, these things are going to federate. They're going to federate, and then they're going to unfederate. And then the big yeah. companies will get into them, and they will suck, and then blah, blah, blah. But I think no matter what, like... The reason Mark Maron's popular is only one reason. It's a great podcast, right? Yeah. You cannot mm-hmm. make that. You cannot make, you just can't. Like, you can't replicate, you can't change it. And so that's, so I think I'm not that worried about the consolidation, but I do think there's mm-hmm. going to be a few places that are going are creative at making them. And therefore, well, like Vox, right? Vox, I mean, Vox, Gimlet, there's a bunch yeah. of them that are really yeah. good at making them. And some will have a certain style. You know, the, the, you know, like the Daily with the New York Times. Michael Barbaro is a friend of mine, and I think he's – they're great. They're so creative there. Who would have mm-hmm. thought that? Mm-hmm. Like talking about what a news, media organization. newspaper stories every day telling you how I put together stories. Nothing could be more boring. And I can't stand the ones they have in the newspaper, right? <laughs> this is how we put together – I'm like, I don't want to hear you. I want to hear Michael Barbaro do his mm, mm-hmm. But he goes beyond <laughs> the story, right? So it just works. Yeah. And, the, and the, that team there is so talented, the team of people who put that, not just yeah. him, but there's a whole pack of people there that are just so good and tell a story in a great way. So, Well, I think that's our category 
consolidation. We, we categorize each acquisition. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in a way, I was going to go business business line. So the way that we do All this right. for people new to the show, um, we decide what category the acquisition was. Was it people, technology, product, business line, asset, or consolidation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I was going to go business line because for me, it's really like picking up a whole new P&L and mm-hmm. running that P&L independently and hoping it expands and you know realizing synergies. I'm saying that every episode now and it's pissing me off. It's okay. You can use it. It's a good one. Uh, but but it, you know, with, with wallet going yeah. across and, and writing at, uh, at the mm-hmm. verge. Um, but it's effectively, it's still its own business unit that yeah. you're buying for hopefully the sum of future cash flows. Yeah. Is that... Is yeah, that, but it's other things. There's more things right. to it. There's like you'd, uh, advertiser interest. Ezra Klein started his show right around the same time you did, right? Well, like, you know, he came to me when he was starting it. We had done ours. No, he did it after quite uh, a bit. After, so there you go. But like, he came and he said, right. what should I do? And he wanted to like interview like the deputy secretary of agriculture. I'm like, can you do some interesting people? Yeah. What about Cory so, Booker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, bring in Biden. Biden. Right, right. I kept saying Biden would be good. And he's like, well, I'm like, no, Biden. He'd be like, a, people would love to hear from Biden. Um, and he's a very good interviewer, and he's he's a more wonky. Inter- he's definitely a more wonky. He should inter- call something wonk something. He, he should, but there was already Wonkette, if you remember, and yeah. Wonk Blog, and yeah. things like that. <laughs> and that was at the I think that was at the Washington Post where they were. I, I think, believe. Yeah. I believe it was in, adjacent yeah. to yeah. them, so I don't yeah. think I mean, they could take that. He's like your. Didn't, didn't he start Wonk Blog? He is. Oh, I love. I, I was like trying oh, to make a joke there. It landed flat. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah, oh, right. Anyway, I love Ezra. Ezra um, and I are of the same mind. I would say, of lots of things. We'll be doing more together in the future, I think. He's really oh, that's great. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. All right. Well, that blows my acquisition category. Right. And that's okay. consolidation. Uh, <laughs> what would have happened otherwise? You would have failed on your own. Yeah. T- speculate on that. I'm curious. Oh, that's a good question. Probably. Maybe not. And what no, does I failed mean? Sold. Like, so, well, sold to someone else for a different price we later? Sold. We would have sold. We might, I might have been smart enough to sell it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was smart. I did. I sold it. But there you we wouldn't. Go. I'm sorry. I, you would have failed to have meet the return thresholds of the $12 million you raised. I don't think they cared. Yeah, well, so I had investors who didn't care. <laughs> That's why I mean, you don't I, have VCs. Hey, you I get the money, investors you asked for. When I got for. money from Terry, I called him to thank him for, I think they gave us $5 million each at first. And I kept not being able to reach him. It was He's such a lovely man. And I go, hey, I finally reached him. I figured he was in Sardinia or wherever the hell he was on his yacht. And he goes, uh, <laughs> I go, hey, Terry, thanks for the $5 million we got in the bank. And he's like, oh, good. Who are you again? No. Uh, he goes, no, he knows who I was. And he goes, he goes, oh, good, good, good for you. I hope you enjoy it. And it was like literally like Uncle gave it me wasn't 20 a gift. Plus. Like, <laughs> no, he's like, good luck with that. And I was like, okay. And he goes, okay, bye. And I was like, all right, see ya. And it was really like, I was like, he's not going to huh. bother me in any way for that money ever again. Wow. And he actually got his money. He got the stock in Vox. So anyway, yeah, so he was I, a lovely guy. The, the sale to Vox, uh, more or less than the twelve. Um, did, did, did investors all made their money back? Oh yeah. Uh, common. Did, they all took Vox stock. They all they could have gotten cash. They they took Vox stock. Mm. They did. I think. I don't. I don't know if all. I don't know what everybody did, but yeah. I'm pretty certain they did. Pretty certain. Yeah. It was more. Cool. That's good. Great. But it's all those it's like yeah content valuation. So I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, more. speaking of, we've already covered a lot of tech themes. We'll see where um, it ends. We'll see where Vox ends too. That's like it'll well, be successful. Say, should should we grading? Yeah. All right. Carrie, do you want to be on the hot seat? Go for it. I mean, you're okay, not. Okay, go ahead. Yet. I so, will. So this I can is how try. We, I don't know a lot. I'm a big shareholder, so. This is, right. this is how we grade in the show. So we we decide, you know, the acquirer with all their might and resources and interesting things they could do with their shares and their capital. Was it a good use to buy this company? Yes, so it was. A, well, a, but you got a grade A to F. A. So A plus so. Instagram, oh. one billion into hundreds of billions yeah. of value. F 
you're familiar with. You yes, know, I get there must be a pony yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got that. Um, I would say, I would say a B plus at least, if not an A. Yeah, I would. It, it benefited in lots of ways. Yes, yes. There's no I mean, downside. There's absolutely podcasts alone. They, right? Exactly, it made their money back. They, they. There's no, and also they get a good name. They get good journalism. They get. Mm-hmm. I think they've done pretty good on most of their of their acquisitions. It seems like all the you know they ran into trouble with one, but it still was a great journalistic product. Racked that they oh um, yeah, yeah still a great journalistic product. Um, and I think they did the right thing with it. So I don't consider any of those a failure. I think they have very good taste in how they do things. Yeah, I do. I think just like any content company, they're going to run into the same issues of content companies. Mm-hmm. Like that Buzz, they're in the same. They're not exactly in the same boat. Buzzfeed spent more money, but they're in the same. Um, Content media is hard. Like that's their yeah. problem. That's the problem they well, have. Think, media she gonna, is hard. I'm gonna get on my, well, on my real, high, or, real quick. Just to, just to throw it. Like, the, the, um, do either you know the what the valuation of Vox Media was at the Recode acquisition, and then what it is now? So it was some. They've raised it. Like it's a, yeah, it's it's a, a unicorn one, now. I think they announced it. One point one billion. I yeah, think? it was, it in was like under several hundred millions when it, they acquired you. And yes. Now it's, Yes, it's it's much higher, and who knows if they could ever sell it for that? Like all of them, I think BuzzFeed was one point five, yep, right? Yep. Vox was one point one, if I remember from the news stories, and then where was Mashable? Mashable was some ridiculous sum, and then it sold mm-hmm. for like a song yep. kind of thing. So, so to the extent Vice, that uh, Vice, also, I believe, they're way up. Range. No, no, they're higher. They're up higher. Under, yeah, oh, wow. they're up higher. They're right. up way higher. They're up questions. In, I'm glad to be down in lowlands with the, with the Vox people, and that, although it still so is. What entrepreneurs know, you know, the yeah. lower your valuation, the more upside there well, is. Well, you know, you. I don't know who would buy. God, I, any of these companies, it's hard. To th- right now, yeah. it's not the greatest time. Well, it's for not like any content companies. Comcast, I don't know. I guess yeah, they're a big NBC. Yeah, yeah sure, but why? Like you right. have to like if, mm-hmm. if I had to go write a news. See, the way I think about new, like I remember writing about Tumblr being bought, and they were on the edge of like death essentially. And um, I all the tip I got was it was being acquired by a company for a billion. It's a I, I didn't hear it was Tumblr, a content comp a digital content company is being acquired by Yahoo for a billion dollars. That's just somebody intentionally encrypting it. Just they just said so that. that. That's all I got, and yeah. I was like, okay. And I call myself Sherlock Homo. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, Watson, what do we have here? And Who's your Watson? I, I just me, my cat, my cat. And um, and I was like, okay. And I made a list, and I was like, this is what they would buy. This is what they'd be interested in. Uh, this is what I know she likes. Do you know what oh, I mean? I know her tastes and yeah. stuff like that. And Tumblr was third on the list because she wants to be helplessly hip. And you know what mm. I mean? Even though she's Twitter was not. one. Twitter was on there, you know, and I started making calls as if I knew. And I, so I called up, I knew all the investors at yeah. Tumblr and I knew they were in trouble. And I was like, she could possibly spend this amount of money on this. She couldn't be this stupid. <laughs> and, but I will try it. And I literally went, I said, oh, so yeah, who's buying you? And they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, thank you. I have my ways. I know. I was like, I'm so smart. You're yeah. so good, Kara. I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm not good. You're so stupid. Like, why did you tell me? <laughs> Can but you phrase that in a direct quote, please? Yeah, <laughs> but it was really fast. But I, I, all I did was I, I, I thought about it, like I, I strategized it. So I think yeah. about like Vox and those things all the time, huh. like like Vox, Comcast, yeah, but why? Like what, mm-hmm. what, what is Steve Burke like? Why would right. he need this? What would it right. add? Like, right. you know, same thing if you bought BuzzFeed or if you bought any of these companies or anything. Yeah. That's how I think about everything. Like. Who would buy, when Twitter was the rumors were who would buy Twitter this and this would they want to buy this and everyone was like Google's gonna buy Twitter I'm like no they're not Why? they don't yeah. want to buy that mess like right. like but you know that's how you you have to think I could you, I could see like a Verizon um, yeah. someone that has distribution who can marry great content yeah, but look with how the distribution they have for right yeah one didn't work out the, like just, that works in theory uh, in theory yeah or it will work one day the platonic form of that will be realized okay sure. in some way like look Maybe. look at uh, we'll see. 
Maybe we'll see. Clear Channel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't they're know. All dying News today. Corp. News Corp. <laughs> Back to Newt Rupert. How would uh, how? What would that oh, have to man. be for you? Rupert isn't really running News Corp anymore. I he? think he's quite lively. I suspect. Wow. I've heard. I, we had James Murdoch on stage the other day. He's. I don't think he's staying with that. I think it's going to be Lachlan and Rupert at mm. the other place. James All right. Well, become a VC. I think that's what he said. I think that's what he said. Huh? Didn't he? You heard he's, first, he had it. No, no, no. He said it on stage at Recode Media. Oh. I think he did. Scooped. He's doing investments. Yeah, he said it. He said it publicly. <laughs> like, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Well, there we go. Oops, that might be one of my scoops. I forgot. It's in my, <laughs> scoop. your, your <laughs> my little pile. It's uh, like a bag. I'm like Hermione Granger. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I think it's an A minus because I. This is my own narrative. My head has, has clearly been evident in the episode, but like, I just I don't think Vox Vox is like the biggest player in podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. And no, NPR. And, and, and NPR. No, no, NPR and, is not doing podcasts. Okay. NPR distributes radio shows on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do. They're not making native podcasts. Not new ones. Uh, Everyone's trying to copy the daily is really pretty yeah. much what's yeah. going on. And they just announced one, I think. NPR just announced one. Plus, I think, as we've talked about a little bit on the show, the whole podcast business model is about to go through a lot of uh, positive disruption where yeah. people are going to pay creators directly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Vox now has... Probably the biggest aggregated audience of yeah. podcast listeners in America, yeah. outside of NPR, which already monetizes through direct hmm. um, payments. So, for whatever they paid for Recode to help jumpstart that, like I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Is it an Instagram? I, no. Sorry, Carrie, I don't think so. No, yeah. but on a lot of levels, sometimes I think should I have just done those on my own? Like as well, right? Like, yeah. I, I would have had a lot. I'm not, like I'm thinking of like. Um, that guy who does the uh, Ben Thompson or other. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Uh, then some days it's like, oh, that would even be. I'd have Could more you money. write that much? How how does Ben Thompson write that much he every day? He does. He lives in Taiwan. That's he lives all. in Taiwan. Has nothing to well, do. It with. doesn't it give him more than twenty four hours. It just gives that's him a jump right. in the morning. I could it gives see. Him I, no could distractions. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. I just have to stop doing other things. But yeah. yeah um, uh, do you, do you pay for Stratechery? I do. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I do. I think we have one to recode. Um, I think he's uh, he's really interesting. I think all those people are interesting. I think about those things like, what do you need? Anything? Like, I always am trying to go for like, I'm not trying to Maria Kondo everything. And I'm definitely like, look, when I did the Times thing, I didn't leave Fox, did I? Like, right. there's ways to do it. I think what what these tech, all these media companies have to think about is how do you keep really creative people interested all the time? How do you keep a like an Andrew Ross Sorkin interest in the New York Times? Mm-hmm. How do you keep a, a star? Because they're stars now. Yeah. How do you keep them? But how, why not keep them creative? They create more mm-hmm. great things that make more money. Like, how do you do that? As any like, if you're Vanity Fair, anything. How mm-hmm. do you keep creative people interested and reward them in the way that if they make money, how do you help reward? Them? I think that's an interesting thing. None of this is scalable, obviously, because it's all human. You can't AI this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Right. That's the only issue. But if you're interested in media, I think it's going to be a lot more. Um, I, I'm not a sports person, but what's it called when someone is free agent? There's going to be yeah. a lot more free agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, and you'll see contracts for, mm-hmm. but kind of like you had, you and Walt had with uh, the Journal. Yeah, right? I have three contracts now. I have one with NBC because I do my MB, MSNBC show. Uh, it's periodic interviews I do based like Tim Cook. We did the Google guys. Um, I've got a contract with the New York Times, and I'm employed by Vox Media. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's better than sports. You can play for three I teams. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I just think about it. You wouldn't have been able to do that many years ago. Yeah. yeah. And that's I, interesting. I find ben, that fascinating. What's your My logic isn't any different, but like I can't be in it. can't be anywhere close to an A because we know of like on the show, A's mean like insane yeah, multiples on yeah. billions of dollars. So, I, you know, I'm a B. You have um, a high curve then. 
You're just grading on an Instagram kind of curve, a, really? Well, well none yeah, of us do. Then we're Actually, all Fs. We're all friggin' Fs. Well, my you got it. It's logarithmic. My son got a D. Speaking of grades, my son got a D in math a couple of years ago, and uh, he, he, he's he got an A's in math, too, so it's kind of a – he just didn't like this teacher at one point. And he remember him saying to me um, – he go. I go, Louie, a D. I'm not that hard on my kids about grades. And I was like, but a D, come on. And he goes, well, at least it's not an F. And I was like, it is an F. A D is an F. A, like, a, a D is an F in this household. A D is an F, period. Yeah. It's just the, 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 the schools just won't go to F, though D is like, you got an F, but I'm giving you a D. You can tell them we gave AOL Time Warner a D. D. Oh, a D. We, yeah, we didn't that actually give No, that wasn't an F. That wasn't an F. I would well, not for AOL. some of the I've written an entire yeah. book on Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it was... The right idea. It was absolutely the right idea. It was the wrong time and the wrong people, but it was certainly the mm. right idea. Well, we're mm. talking about media and the internet here. So. It was the right idea. It was just early and a bunch of assholes running the show. So I wrote a book on it. They were assholes, all sides. Ben, do you want to do uh, lightning, lightning round? round? Yeah. Yes, lightning round. We'll all finish right. up. So uh, we got to we got to know what's a day in the life of Kara Swisher like? Hmm. I wake up. Uh, I wrote a I wrote a column this morning, and then I uh, uh, came in here and uh, did a whole bunch of podcasts. Uh, I'll spend some time tonight thinking about uh, some live events we're going to do um, and some the next MSNBC thing. Um, I make a lot of calls. I call around. I talk to a lot of people. Now that I'm doing the column, I spend a lot more time talking to people. Hmm. Um, I'm starting to plan. Peter and I just went to Phoenix to look at some hotels for code. We have to move the hotel. Oh. Um, yeah. And then uh, we so I'll work on that. I'll work on some hotel stuff and thinking about that. I'll work on code speakers. We have a new list of who we want for next year. Um, I'll Often I'll fly places to meet different people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet some pretty well-known people going to fly to see them. I, I, I try to ask people in person to come to code a lot of times. Mm. They, get, oh. they hard, have a hard time saying no to me. That's <laughs> um, great. We should, we should steal that. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Hi. Here Did you I just am. show up? You know I'm coming. I'm coming for lunch. Very few people turn down lunch. One of the things that I think is a big clue is everyone's always like, how did you talk to him? I'm like, I called him. Like, people mm. will talk to you. Like, if you get their emails and you write them, they will write you back. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really interesting. Um, and uh, anyone, anyone, if you get their emails, will write you back. And if you ask the question. I mean, it's how we, we emailed you. Yes. Did I write you back? You did right, right away. Thank you. And there you have it. If you seem like not crazy, I will write you back. So I, I'll, I'll go visit people. I'll do a lot of lunches. I'm trying to think of the next couple of days. It's a lot of podcasts in the next couple of days. Um, some events, a bunch of events. Like next week, I'm interviewing Maggie Haberman at Lesbians Who Tech. Mm. We're going to make a podcast out of that again. And we're doing. I'm doing Jane Lynch, who's a friend of mine. Actually, we're gonna, we're going to make a podcast oh, out of that. Wow. So a lot of events I do outside of uh, Vox, I we make into podcasts because that's my, that's the price of admission mm-hmm. for me doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a 92nd Street Y thing, so we do a lot of live events. We go to a lot, I do a lot of live events, and then and I'll always do panels with um, anything have to do with women's issues or uh, hmm. young people. Hmm. That's it. That's it. Then I have my kids, hang out with my kids, hang out with my different people family my mom so not busy at all not busy at all i'm real busy i have a great family all right you're running for mayor of san francisco in 2023 Uh, give us an update i don't think i am no no i think london breed is good i think she's good i don't want to like i think she's good i don't think anyone expected uh ed to die um and i think i'm going to give her a chance she seems like she deserves one and not make trouble i was just doing that because my point i was trying to make is someone's got to fix this friggin mess here Mm. it's a mess 
And Amen. so I think I was trying. And at the time, I really meant it. It was like someone's got to, you've got to get away from all these uh, career politicians. She seems, some of her stuff I'm really interested in. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult job that she's got. Mm -hmm. But I like some of her moves, visiting the homeless things. I like her whole PR thing. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Spring I'm going to have her. scooters back. She's bringing scooters. She, she seems sensible. She seems sensible. Just like, same thing with like Stacey Abrams in um, Georgia. I'm really interested in politicians like that. Hmm. I think she's really sensible and she's, she, she comes to compromises. She's not uh, angry. She's not like in partisan. I, I don't mean angry. I mean partisan, mm -hmm. like in a way that's inflexible. And I like, I like politicians like that. So we'll see. I'm hoping to have uh, her uh, mayor breed on the show. I would hope that would happen. We've asked. Best of luck. Oh, we'll get her. All right, what, one more. There's nobody we don't get. Across your Trump, whole career. Trump I'm going to get. You think? You trying? I'm going to try. Why not? Heard it here first. Well, then we'll have an answer to this next question. Yeah. Across your whole career, what work are you the most proud of? The, the Gates Jobs fit, the interview was oh, great. I think it's hard not so to top great. that. Um, I think it was great because lots of reasons. It was historic. It was important. It was a great interview. Yeah. Um, it was revelatory. I think it was emotional. Um I think that was really great. I think some of our coverage of Uber was great, uh, or what we did. Yeah. Getting him fired was, if we were just one small part in that effort, I thought that was good. That was time well spent. A lot of the interviews of Code or, or in Recode and All Things D are going to be historic. I know it. Like, mm -hmm. nobody has done those interviews. Our Elon Musk ones, although I think he did something crazy oh my today. God. Um, but you had, you, you, you had him, he was speculating on the uh, multiple universes yes, on the stage. Simulation yeah. Yeah. In simu not multiple, simulation. Simulation. We're, yeah. we're a pawn of other creatures. Um, that was a great interview. That was a fantastic interview. That was a real insight to him when he. You know, even our, my Kim Kardashian interview was great. I, you know, some yeah. just I think there's a body of work there. I was thinking the other day, like someone's like, you know, oh, you've got to keep trying. I'm like, I could retire right now. Like we have a, I have a like Walt did. He had a body of work that was mm -hmm. so substantive and so important. Um, and these interviews were going to go down. And, like if a hundred years, people were going to look at those interviews. Some of them, not all yeah. of them, mm -hmm. but some of them, and they're going to matter. They're going to matter. And so. Everything we do now is just gravy as far right. as, you know what I mean? And so that's a really good way to look at it is there's no downside to anything we're doing. And so we can continue to push upward. So Your your, your Jobs and Gates interview was so formative to me. It was, I mean, yeah. I, I think I said something about it earlier, but I watched it a dozen times, uh, first in a bunch of tiny clips yeah. as it dribbled out and then we eventually the whole thing. on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, News Corp uh, didn't want that. We, uh, did. we snuck it up there. <laughs> They came back later when we were using some of those clips or something else, and they're like, that's our IP. I'm like, no, you gave it away. We got you to give it away years ago. It was so great. Such a moment. Wow. We got Rupert to huh. sign it away, and it was great. That was a great – we wanted to put that on for yeah. all of humanity. I mean, in, in, in lieu of doing carve-outs today, that, that to me – I think you asked Steve about he and Bill's friendship, yeah. and he responded with the Beatles line. The Beatles at the end. You and I have memories yeah. longer than oh, the that road made everybody that cry. That almost made me cry. Although oh, I knew he planned it. God. He was such a manipulative person. I've been a good <laughs> way, um, but uh, I, I like the one where I said, "What? What? What?" I, we ask good questions. Actually, there's two interviews. That one we asked him, "What? What is the thing you don't know about your relationship with Gates?" Mm. And he said, "Oh, we for, for a long time we've been married." <laughs> yes, I remember that. It was so good. And Gates was so disturbed by it because you could see, like, flickering. I'm not anti-gay, but I am, but I can't. Like, oh, my God, what did he just – he totally got him. That was a great moment. And then I have to say the last interview he did, Gates did – I mean, mm. Jobs did with Walt and I right before he died. It was – pretty close before he died mm. and he was just skinny as can be yeah. and just emaciated and 
very weak. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, go watch that interview. He, go physically watch it because you can't get it by the voice. He is so vibrant as a person. Mm-hmm. I know there's all these controversies about his daughter and everything else. He was a shitty father. And, uh, you know, everyone, he's a shitty father. Like, it looks to her, at least. I don't mm-hmm. know about his other kids. And obviously, she's the, she has to talk about it. Um, yeah. And But that interview, I have to say, he was so vibrant and full of life about it. He really exemplified all, a lot of the good things I like about Silicon Valley, about uh, like keeping going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the relentlessness of him was there. And the he had more energy than anybody in the room. And he was about to die. And I thought that was kind of cool. That's a real, and he answered, and I think I asked him, I think one of the best questions I asked him ever was, what do you do? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? I think that's, I just, and you could see everyone like, did she just ask that? That guy's about to die. And I was, and I did it on purpose. What are you going to do the rest of your life? And he started, he knew what I was doing and it was great because he couldn't believe I asked it, I think, but no, he could. No, he he didn't mind. He never minded stuff like that. And he said, he was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do with TV. Like as if he was going to live for 20 more years. And I thought that was a great answer. He didn't go like, Ah, in my waning days, I shall contemplate the universe or whatever. Um, He knew he was, he had to know he was dying. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But it was a great, that was a, that was my favorite interview, I think. I thought that was in terms of, but, you know, just the recent Zuckerberg interview, I thought was very good. I thought it changed things. I thought Mm -hmm. I got him to say things we all knew he thought Mm -hmm. that he never said. Mm -hmm. And I think I wasn't unkind and I don't think I snarked at him. And I thought I allowed him to speak and he just... I thought that was a really good and revelatory interview. So, so that's even t- and the next one, whatever I do, the next one, we'll see. Maybe Elon next. Yeah, Elon yeah. final day. I don't know. We'll see with him. But he's. A, I'd like to interview him again. He needs to get some sleep first. I don't know. Something's going on. Yeah. Something's got something. Something. Who knows? I don't know. We all have our crosses to bear, right? So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the like the big thing is like they're people. They're people. Yeah, they're people. Do you have anything else you want to leave our, our listeners with? Hmm, just do the work. Please just do the work. And then you'll be just fine. Again, there's so many ways that people get in your way, whether you're a woman, it's sexism or a person of color, it's racism or yeah. anti-Semitism. You are absolutely going to face those things. And don't, don't let anyone tell you that's not holding you back. But if you keep doing the work, I do think you can succeed. You can succeed in a way and be very happy with your work, I think. And I know that's easy to say, but I think it's, it's, it's always helped me. That's it. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. That was a great interview. I appreciate it. <laughs> you guys are very Thank talented. You. This is a great time to tell you about one of our very favorite companies, Crusoe. So Crusoe, as listeners know by now, is a clean compute cloud provider specifically built for AI workloads. NVIDIA is one of their major partners, and literally Crusoe's data centers are nothing but racks and racks of A100s and H100s. And because Crusoe's cloud is purpose-built for AI and run on wasted, stranded, or clean energy, they can provide significantly better performance per dollar than traditional cloud providers. Yes, we talked about that on our ACQ2 episode with Crusoe CEO Chase Lockmiller. The other element that makes Crusoe special is the environmental angle. Crusoe, of course, locates their data centers at stranded energy sites. So think oil flares, wind farms that can't use all the energy they generate, etc., and uses that power that would otherwise be wasted to run your AI workloads instead. Yep. Obviously, it's a huge benefit for the environment and for customers on costs since Crusoe doesn't rely on the energy grid. Energy is the second largest cost of running AI after, of course, the price you pay NVIDIA for the chips. 
and these lower energy costs get passed on to customers. It's super cool that they can put their data centers out there in these remote locations where quote-unquote energy happens, as opposed to the other hyperscalers such as AWS and Google and Azure who need to build their data centers close to major traffic hubs where the internet happens because they are doing everything in their clouds. Yep. If you, your company, or your portfolio companies would like to use the lower cost and more performant infrastructure for your AI workloads, go to crusocloud.com slash acquired, that's C-R-U-S-O-E cloud.com slash acquired, or click the link in the show notes. If you aren't subscribed and you want to hear more, you can subscribe from your favorite podcast client. You can uh, follow Kara on Twitter. Kara, where can they follow you on Twitter? Um, they can find me at Kara Swisher. Excellent. Yep, I got one of the early ones. What was it going? I had I have ads. I have Swisher at Gmail. I think or one of them. Ooh. One of those early ones. I think my type Kara Swisher. At Email Gmail. tips to Swisher at Gmail. Whatever. No, I'm not going to answer that one. I never use it. <laughs> but um, but I have some a lot of the early everything's, which is because I was there. Awesome. awesome. Well, if you like the show, review us on iTunes. Uh, come join the Slack Acquired.fm or don't and uh, enjoy whatever podcast you listen to in the future. Thanks, everyone. 